Verdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. My name is Blue, and I am a dad without borders. Hello and welcome back to the show. So this week, um, actually, you know what I will do? I'm just going to introduce myself for anyone that hasn't listened to the show because it has been a while since I've done that. Um, so I'm an expat, uh, originally from the UK. I'm British Canadian. I'm here in the Kootenai region of British Columbia. Um, so it's a kind of mountain town, I guess you would say, um, or it's made, it's an area made up of lots of little mountain towns. Um, so very much like an outdoorsy culture, a lot of people growing their own food, very health conscious and, uh, really good work-life balance. Um, so lots of people move here to raise their families. Um, so I'm tucked away here. Uh, I have a young boy three, um, and then I have, uh, my wife, we are expecting, uh, another boy, uh, in May. And I have a son who's eight and a half, who was born and raised here. Uh, but when he was five years old, so a few years ago now, so well, three and a half years ago, something like that, his mum uh, was given custody so that she could move back to the UK. Um, I've been here on and off for sort of 20 years. And, you know, I've got a property here and a, work, a job and, you know, repartnered and everything. So, I was very well settled here and not really in a position to go back. No job, no home in the UK. Um, so I stayed here, but I've worked very hard to maintain a very strong bond with my son in the UK. And he comes here in holidays. Um, so we have an amazing relationship. It's not ideal, um, but I've always been sort of motivated to be really positive. Um, I've remarried, so that that's always a really great rock in my life to have that love and support and yeah my son in the UK is very close with his brother here and excited to have another brother um, and yeah we make the best of it um, so I'm super creative in the way that I maintain connection with my son overseas and through these podcasts this is my chance to share my story my journey uh, through conversations with um, guest dads so every two weeks, I have a different guest that comes on the show to share their story. Um, and through those conversations and in between those episodes, I sometimes do solo casts to share tips and tricks, you know, experiences, thoughts, that I, you know, thoughts and feelings as a parent that I've been experiencing. And so you get to hear some of my story, but also you get to hear the experience of another dad. Um, and more and more, I'm getting, you know, other professionals, but also dads from different walks of life, from different parts of the world to come on the show and share their experiences so that I'm not in this echo chamber of just the local dads in this area, which is great. Uh, but we there's a lot of similarity with the dads here and our 
our worldviews and the way that we're raising our kids. So it's really nice to reach out and have a, you know, have conversations with dads from, yeah, all walks of life. So yeah, that's basically the premise of the podcast. And I have professionals coming in regularly to to share feedback from some of the ideas and thoughts that have come up in recent conversations. Um, and at the moment, the regular professional coming on the show is Sean Larson, um, who I need to reach out to and do another show with him really soon. Um, the last one that we did, if you're interested in listening to a professional um, who is a family therapist, um, who has a PhD and yeah, he's done a lot of studying around dads um, and men transitioning to fatherhood. So he's really interesting to talk to. The last show that we did was in December, just before Christmas. So if you scroll back down the episodes, you can find him. Today, I have Stu Roberts. Stu is a father in California, and he is a successful businessman who was failing at marriage, and his wife filed for divorce. As a result, he decided to turn his life around, um, and he has done so successfully. He managed to save the marriage. He's become, I guess, refocused his life, uh, improved his health and wellness, re, you know, focused on very much being the family man as a father, but also as a successful husband. And he's written a book to share his experiences and what worked for him in order to turn his life around. So that book is called Visibility, uh, How to Win the Game of Life. I hopefully I got that right. And I'll put the information in the show notes. So go have a look there if you're interested in checking the book out. I have read the book um, and I really like uh, a lot of the messaging in there. So yeah, he's got great energy. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to share. And please show me some love by following me on Instagram. And if you like what you what you hear, then please share um, and write a comment. Give me a rating or a review on um, wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple Podcasts is a great place to do that. Uh, that helps me get seen by more people. Um, but yeah, otherwise, send me a uh, direct message. Always open to hear from people. Um, if you've got any feedback or you have a dad in mind or you, in fact, are a dad that would be willing to come on the show and share your story, um, it would always be great to hear from you. Um, yeah, I'm very much doing it for the love, not the money. Um, again, <laughs> I always say it, but if anybody wants to pay me, I would love to be paid to do this. But uh, the reality is that right now I am very much doing it for the love and you showing me some love on Instagram uh, by following uh, and sharing what I'm doing with your community of dads and friends, then um, then that always really helps. And now for today's guest, Stu Roberts. And as ever, please enjoy. Okay, I'm just turning off some lights here. And I understand you're you're uh, are you you engaged or you're newly married again or? Yeah, we well, it's been a while now. We've been together six okay. years, but we got married like okay. three years ago, kind of thing. Yeah, and you that got was a new baby. We got well. We had, yeah, we've got a three-year-old and then we've got okay. another one on the way in May. So well, that'll be the third boy. So yeah, so we're, we're rooted here. Like we got a nice home and yeah, everything's, yeah, life generally is good apart from have one kid in another country, but that's you know, why I, you just I, have to just, you just got to sort of figure it out really. 
you know, I, I'm, I, it really hits, hits home with me. One of my closest friends is dealing with that issue. And I, I sent you an email, a little couple of details, but it's just been brutal. I mean, for a judge to say, you know, here you are both in the same town and for a judge to say, okay, you, the immature one has opted to, to get up and, and leave the state or in your case, the country, but I'm going to send the child with her. I mean, that just blows me away. How and the it, fuck can that happen? It's crazy. And it's, yeah. And that's for me, just that decision. That's the biggest for me to kind of get over that as a dad and not be bitter. And, and it's hard not to be, oh. but it would never, and you have to accept it. And I think things I, I do think things are changing, but yeah, I don't, that wouldn't happen the other way around. Right. I'm a dad and I want to move away for whatever reason. doesn't matter what the reason is really. You'd like, be the dirtbag that moved away. Yeah, yeah. totally. But, so, it, But yeah. look, beyond that, what I love is that you've embraced the situation. So many people are a victim of their circumstances. You are no victim, my friend. You're out Thanks, there, man. you're sharing this, you're talking about this. These are serious issues that, you know, and, and, you know, you're stepping forward with a great deal of humility to do it. So God bless you for that. And uh, hats off to you. I mean, that's, that's impressive indeed. Thanks brother. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to hear that because sometimes it's, yeah, you kind of wonder, is it, you know, is it the right thing to do? I'd put myself out there in this way. And, but yeah, yeah absolutely. I, kind of, I think it's the only way really like, why not? But let's Stu. first of all, let me all, let me say, Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you making time. And I'm really, yeah, I'm chuffed that you've listened to, to a little bit of it already. Um, cause I, and I'm liking that you've done a book and I'm interested to talk about that as well. Cause I'm yeah. Any, anything around personal growth and the ability to look back and reflect on where things maybe didn't go right and just, and owning it and moving on with your life as opposed to getting stuck in the, the sort of bitter, angry kind of place. Um, so I really want to start by introducing the book and talking about that. But first of all, let's just set the scene. Like, where are you and what is your fa family situation? Like, how old are your kids and, you know, how, how much are they in your life um, week to week kind of thing? Uh, we live 20 miles north of, of San Diego in a little town uh, on the beach called Del Mar, California. And uh, we have, I've been married 13 years, first wife. Uh, she stuck with me through the, cha the challenging times. We have two kids. We have two girls, an eight and a ten-year-old. That's awesome. And actually, that's that's great because for some reason, um, and I've I haven't read your whole book page to page, but I've been dipping into bits that I'm interested in and kind of going in and out. Um, but for some reason, I thought you weren't married now, but you managed to you survived the marriage. Like you've you guys maintained the marriage throughout the ups and downs. Well, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, this comes from a very humble place. I'll, I'll stress that that uh, 2015, I hit bottom. And uh, I had everything. I had everything that society says deemed me to be successful. And yet, Blue, I was failing miserably in so many areas. I had everything that society deemed to be made, made me successful. And from externally, if you looked at my life, you would have said, wow, this guy's doing great. But the reality was that at home, my life was a mess. My wife wanted a divorce. I was angry. Um, I, I didn't have a good relationship with my kids. And uh, I was lost. Uh, physically, I was lost. I was, I was overweight, out of shape. Um, just I was in a bad, dark place. And if you had told me in 2015 that I could be where I am today, talking to you, I, I would have said, you're, 
you're fucking crazy. Uh, I just, it would not have been possible. And, and here I am. And uh, with a lot of humility and, and grace, um, I've had a lot of help, but uh, I'm a, I'm a, I've been evolved man, as I like to think of myself. And, uh, and I am in such a better place. My wife and I, our marriage has never been stronger. Um, we've had just all kinds of great experiences with the kids and, um, and, and life is good. And, and, but it's, about, it's not even about arriving here. It's about um, recognizing that it's a day-to-day investment. As you know, in marriage, in being a father, in showing up for them, in, in, in your health and your physical fitness, this is all an investment that we make, my friends. And if we're not making it, I'm here to tell you how to do that. So that's what the book is about. So the, and the book is called The Visibility and Playing to Win the Game of Life. Yes. And is it the perspective of being a dad or a, or a man in general? Like, what's the angle? It's very much uh, waking up today where you're a parent or father, um, you're married or separated, or it doesn't matter, but you've, you've had children and you're working and you're dealing with all these issues that men, married men or men who are fathers deal with, raising children. Um, and it's, the, the message is that we cannot be successful if we adhere to society, to the societal version of success, which is a monetary definition, a monetary understanding you will fail. And so the book lays out, the acronym is, is um, SHIFT, self-help, inner peace, which is basically mental health, family, and trade. And I lay out how to, how to accomplish that. And there are things that I work on every day, every week. So what was the, in 2015, what was the moment that you think that you made you realize you had to shift things? I mean, the, a potential divorce would be one thing for sure, and just unhappiness and things. But is there anything that kind of shifted you? Was it something that somebody said? Did you go to a counselor to sort of shift things? Like what was what was that spark? My wife wanted a divorce. We were we had hired lawyers to represent us. Um, we were both kind of digging in. Uh, there was an affair, and we were done. We were done, Blue. We were done. It was over. It was over. It was ugly. It was going to get uglier, and uh, it was it was just. It was bottom. It was bottom. So though the, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this is because for those men out there who are listening to this and you are at bottom, there is hope. There is hope for you. And, and it is within reach. And it doesn't take two. If that's your attitude, that it takes two to turn it around, I'm here to tell you that you can turn this around. So how did you, what was the first step to that for you? Was it going to get a personal trainer, going to see a counselor? Like what, what was that thing that helped you move in that direction? Well, as, as I mentioned before we, uh, we got in here that uh, I'll never forget, I was driving the kids to school. And this time I had a first grader and a kindergartner. And my first grader was in a panic. She was lost in school. She was overwhelmed and she would sit in her class, very quiet. But then at home, she was out of control because she was so upset. Here I had my, my daughter was in a panic. I'll never forget dropping them off that day. I gave them to the administrator and, and took off. And, and uh, I broke down on the way home. I broke down because my wife wanted a divorce. My kids in a panic. And I was failing on so many fronts. And it was that realization that I needed to fix myself. I need to turn this around. And it didn't involve external things or people who I had no control over. It was all about turning myself around. And that was, was, that was a lesson that really came, came hard. 
um, it, it wasn't easy to, easy to to understand that that here I had I had been a failure. So at that point, you've broken down. Where do you turn? Like, what is that next step? So so great. I'm glad you asked that question because I had no resources. I didn't know where to go. And so what I did is I I started reading. I started uh, I, I, I had a coach. I had a, uh, I started working with a trainer on the physical side. I had a um, you know, we were in therapy for the marriage or really my wife had given up on therapy. I was going to therapy. Um, but I started just to, to pour, to, to pull information wherever I could get it. Uh, it was reading materials. It was masterminds. And then, and, and that's what's, what prompted me to write this book because at the time in 2015, I thought there's gotta be some resources for intelligent, capable men who want to figure this out. And I just couldn't find anything. So I created it. So I wrote the book. I created a program for it. And, uh, and that's what I'm doing today is working with men to make it easy for them. So they don't have to sift through the detritus and, and fumble through this the way I did. So you're doing men's coaching as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a, I've got an online course and, and men's, men's coaching as well. One-on-one. Cool. So I'll make sure that we put any of the, those links in the show notes as well. So people awesome. can find it. Awesome. Um, so what, what was your life? like when you first became a dad because you're working away chasing the dollar like can you set the scene of how that was like was it just you're working beyond nine to five kind of thing like or were you involved in the kids like because you had um what i did read in the book which i thought was really interesting was that growing up you're living in an affluent neighborhood but that left you insecure and focused which actually I really, I can really relate to that. Just that phrase insecure and focused because of the pressure on me when I first became a dad to be earning the money because mom wasn't working. That was our decision. And so I, maybe for a different reason, but I felt the insecurity, but the need to be so focused on work and trying to find work and going off and doing that side of things, completely neglecting, you know, my relationship, I would say emotionally, you know, I wasn't putting energy in there. Um, yeah. So how, how did that growing up in an affluent neighborhood and feeling like your family, if maybe you could explain that, but I feel like your family didn't have as much as people around you. And that really drove you in that direction. Well, my parents believed in buying the, the most expensive house they really couldn't afford in the best neighborhood for their award-winning schools. And in the States, school is free and, uh, you know, high school, elementary school, is free. And, and if, the, but, but uh, let's be real, uh, the better neighborhoods have a better education. You have smaller classrooms, there's more attention, there's more money, taxes are higher. So my parents, we uh, in, in moved to a new city. My dad was promoted and we bought a small house in a very expensive neighborhood. And um, you know, I was out of, quickly out of my league in, in terms of you know, everyone around me was doing things. I remember I had a, a good friend and, and um, they were always doing something. In the, in the summer, they were boating. They had a big, a big boat on the lake. And uh, in the, the winter, they were skiing and they would take, you know, they go to Europe once a year. I mean, they were just, their lives were incredible. And I looked at him and I said, I want that life. That's the life I'm missing. And I felt that I was inferior because I didn't have that. And so I went to Wall Street after school, studied hard and uh, got a great job. I was working for Morgan Stanley on their international equity trading desk in New York. And I was there to make money. I was there because I was destined to make money and that was going to fill the missing piece that I was that didn't have. And then somewhere it was going to give me more options. I was going to meet a beautiful woman, uh, get married, put a big ring on her finger. 
have a couple kids and somewhere around the ripe old age of 40 with the big house and, and the life to be admired, I was going to have arrived and the rest would work itself out. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're laughing because it's, it's laughable, but this is what we think. I mean, how many other men don't, didn't think that, that if I can just get the money piece right, everything else is going to fall. Well, I can hear me here to tell you, Blue, that I deal with men all day long who figured out the money piece and they're miserable and their, their marriages are, are, are failing or are done. Uh, it's life can be hell. So that's why I wrote the book. And, and, and that's why I'm here today talking to you about it. There's a better way. So do you, what do you think is one of the biggest pieces in the money, you know, in that chasing the money? Is it simply a work-life balance kind of thing? Like they haven't got the time with the kids and they haven't got quality time with the partner, the mom in this case, or not necessarily mom actually has to say, but like the, you know, the other parent, like, is that the missing, like, a, is that one of the main factors? It's just, cause that's what I imagine. I imagine you working from seven in the morning, not getting back till late kids are going down to bed and you're kind of missing out on a lot of that family life. So at life, well, we, I had, um, I, I left wall street. I went to China. I built a trading company. I sold it. I came back to California, uh, settled in orange County, which is South of LA in about an hour and, uh, and really got involved in the angel investing community. I ran that for a couple of years. Then I met my wife and then we had kids and we lived near the beach uh, we had a, a, you know, a, a nice home, uh, a, a car in my driveway that I could only have dreamed about driving as a kid. And I was miserable. Um, I was working long days in our lives with, you know, you know what it's like with little kids. You, you come home and it's job number two. And I would come home and my wife was exhausted and understandably so. I would take over with the, uh, with the child. She would go to bed and uh, I'd prepare dinner. And then I found myself, it was Wednesday night, and here I am, 9.30 at night, cleaning up, and I'm all alone. And this went on for weeks, and you think, you think what, what happened? Is this my life today? Or, you know, your husband and wife have no time for each other. You know, let's, let's face it, the wife is, is tired. She's up half the night nursing. Uh, all these issues that you know, no one really prepares you for. And we had everything. We had a live-in nanny. We had all these. And I thought I had prepared for this, but I had no fucking clue. I had no clue. So again, I'm here to tell you, for those of you who think that money is going to help figure this out or make your life all that, that better, it's not. It doesn't. And I was, I was subscribed to that. Um, so after all the planning I had done, I mean, we, were, we were older first parents. We got married. We had kids. We had planned this for years. And yet we were still miserable. And I didn't know, uh, I didn't know, know how to handle it. And, and like I said, I, I got angry. Um, you know, wife didn't want to be with me. I would go that, that scenario where that Wednesday night I would finish cleaning up the kitchen. And then I go upstairs. And at the time I was watching a series of breaking bad. Right. And I was watching it alone and I watched one and pour myself a scotch. And, uh, and that was, you know, never enough. And so I'd have a, have a second scotch before that first episode was over. And then I, it was just easy. You just rolled into the next. It was a method of escaping. You know, I was escaping with my scotch and my, and my TV. Right. And then I'd roll into bed somewhere around, midnight or 11.30 and the alarm would go off, I'd hit snooze and, and the hell would just would begin all over again. Um, my, I'd throw my back out because I was out of shape and I picked my daughter up. And then, so I go to the doctor and he'd give me, he'd give me uh, medicine for the pain and anti-inflammatories and send me to physical therapy, but no one was teaching me how to solve the problem. It was just taking care of the symptoms here and there. 
And that's what kills me. I look around me now and I think, if I had known what I knew 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I, life would have been so much easier. And that's why I'm here today, because I want men to know that life can be easier. If you've got kids under five in the house and your life is hell right now, it, it, there's, there, there's a better way. Yeah, totally. So what is your, I know I do. So I have a three-year-old in the house. My eight and a half-year-old comes and goes in the holidays. And uh, yeah, we have another one coming in May. I'm actually excited. I think because it's the third one now, I feel way more relaxed going into it. And the three-year-old, I mean, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. Cause I know that in your book, you have the bucket list and, you know, kind of creating some checks, some goals, um, you know, so you've got something to look forward to and something to drive towards. Um, for me, what's helped with me is being a dad is letting go of a lot of stuff. So the small things in our day to day, like me and the missus, actually, just before speaking to you, we don't, to be honest, we don't do this enough. We both work from home right now because of COVID. Although I work remotely, I have that freedom. Um, but yeah, she's working at home right now. So we just went for lunch. For a, we had lunch together. And then we went for a walk. Half an hour. That was it. But just that time to chit chat and have a connection and come back. And then I have a climbing wall in the basement. So I think this afternoon or sort of later on, maybe in the evening, actually, when the kids have gone to bed, I'll go and do some training down there. Um, me and the missus, we, we are a bit weak on this. We do have a tendency to fight, have a show going on. So because it's been winter. So right, right now, I'm going to out myself here. But we've been really obsessed by Downton Abbey, which is funny because it's it kind of represents everything I don't like about the UK, the whole class system and but yeah, it's like I've really let go of, um, I was an obsessive climber and I haven't been climbing so much, but I'm kind of letting it go. I'm staying fit. I'm staying like healthy and fit. And that's a big focus for me. Um, so yeah, how does your sort of day to day look like or your week to week? Like what's some of the things that you do? Like, do you meditate? Are you running? Like, you know, what do you do to like maintain that sort of that health and wellness, the, you know, the healthy mind state? Well, let's start with what I, I didn't do initially, because I think that'll help set the stage here. What I, what, I, what I stopped doing when we had little kids was I stopped investing in friendships. I stopped investing in myself. And I thought, oh, I'm making these sacrifices for my wife and my kids who need me. And the, the reality was it just made me this angry, miserable, miserable person who, uh, you know, I forgot myself. I had no identity separate from my work or from my roles as a husband or, um, or, or a father. And, and that is, this is so, this, this is almost the natural evolution of what we think is being a good dad or a good parent. And so I, again, I'm reaching out to anyone out there who is going through this, who, you know, ask yourself, who are you apart from your role as a provider, your role as a husband and a father, you know, and, and to be honest, I had a, you know, a friend asked me that I could not answer that question seven years ago, Blue. I couldn't answer it. And, and I remember we started talking about, you mentioned bucket lists. We started talking about bucket lists. And, and, I, said, and, I, uh, and I said, oh yeah, yeah, that's something that you do be, you know, at the end of life, uh, you know, after you're 60 or retired. Well, bullshit, you better have a bucket list now because if you don't, uh, uh, this is a conversation that's, uh, that's clo hits close to home. Uh, I have an uncle who is in his late 70s, 79, and I love him dearly and we're, we're close. We talk you know, a couple times a month. Um, he never had the time to have children. 
Um, they never built long lasting relationships. And he is now at a point where he's made and saved a lot of money, but his wife, my aunt is dying with dementia and he's all alone. And, and I, and, and I hope this sinks in with people because this is our, this is our, our my measuring stick. This is my yardstick where, where am I at 80 with my life? Not where I am today. And, you know, I got to make more money, but where am I at 80? When I look back, what are the relationships that I've built? You know, what do my kids think of me? What does my wife think of me? You know, does the woman in my life still there? Um, what have I done with my life? And this is a reality check that, you know, and, and I asked him in a, in a very thoughtful way, I said, you know, why didn't you do these things? And his answer to this question is haunts me today. He said, I don't know. I guess we just didn't seem to have the time. We never had the time. And, and I guess I have a sense of how short life is. We just, we, uh, we spent the holidays with, with my parents who are 85 and 86. And they're, they're at the last chapter of their life. We're blessed that they're still with us, but this is the end, Blue. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm amazed at how quickly life moves. And, and Aj, if you don't, if so back to, what, back to the bucket list, if you're not making time for yourself, you know, if you're not surrounded by a group of men, not a networking group, you know, a group of men who know you and who love you and care for you outside of your accomplishments or your, you know, just that, your external accomplishments. You know, if you don't have that, I can show you how to get that because that is so important. If you don't have a list of, of places you want to travel to, things you want to do, get that now because that will change your life. Just, just having something to aspire to and knowing that you're doing this, you know, for you. And this isn't, this isn't at the expense of family. Um, but this is, this is, if you don't do this for you, you cannot show up as a father and be there as a husband. You're going to be angry. You're, you're, you're going to be half of a man. I agree. I think the friendship point actually is that's something that resonates with me for sure. Because that of all the things, um, I don't know, some dads that I talk to, they find that they are lacking in the relationship part of their life. Like that's the one thing that they kind of, you know, they kind of the slides. But for me, definitely it's the friendship piece, which is so important. And it comes in, it ebbs and flows when it's ski season. There's people, you know, friends that I'll go skiing with and that's great. And my partner's, my wife is super encouraging for me to get out there and ski, which is amazing. It's great. Um, and I have a flexible job where I can go ski during the day. So there's like certain times, like that's a good time. Spring will be quieter, um, a more family sort of oriented time. But I, I think you're right. I mean, for me personally, I can say it. Like I don't put the energy into friendships as much as all the other aspects of my life. But it's such an important piece. So, so this is how you solve that. Find find two or three men who you admire for whatever reason. Uh, they're, they're great dads. They're, they've achieved something. Uh, invite them over for dinner and do it on a Tuesday night somewhere. You know, we do the second Tuesday of the month and get them together, have a meal, have a meal at your home, bring in the food or prepare. It doesn't matter. Have some drinks if that's your thing. And um, just enjoy the, you know, introduce one another and just enjoy the, the, the friendship. And then after dinner, get around a table and say, let them know you have, you, you brought them here because you, you have an agenda. And that agenda is you want to start meeting monthly 
and you want to connect. And, and what will happen is it's got to be on the calendar. It's got to be the same day of the month because men are terrible about, you know, we turn to our wives for, uh, for the scheduling, right? On the personal side. I mean, come on. That is so true. hundred percent. So, so get it on the calendar. And the deal is if you're in town and if you're able to come, you show up and we rotate home. So you don't have to show, you have to bring wine or bring anything, just show up, just get your ass there at six o'clock on a Tuesday night in the second Tuesday of the month and show up. And, and then you take, and ideally you get 12, 15 men in this group, you know, typically 10, 12 show up and you rotate houses. So you only host once a year. But when you host, you go out of your way and you provide everything so that it's easy for everyone else. And then what we do is we rotate topics. We did this um, the last few years. And I tell you, I've gotten more from this. You know, one one individual from the group was um, was an incredible entrepreneur. Um, Another one was uh, uh, had uh, had gone on. had severe health issues and had gone on a plant based diet and lost 70 pounds. Um, and it goes on and on. And what we had is each of these men would, would got up and they they would share with the rest of the group what they were just killing it at. And and that was so transformative for me where we had this group. And I remember one one of the men in the group was a very successful uh, former Fortune for, Fortune 50 CEO. And you know, he had made a lot of money. He had been very successful. He was miserable. He was angry. Every time, you know, we first started coming to the group, he would show up and he would just sit there and drink and then he'd get to a point where he'd blow up and, and share his thoughts. And then he shared with us one day this, this terrible pain that he was carrying. And that was that his oldest son had a heroin habit. And here was someone who was at the, you know, the apex of corporate culture in America. He had achieved, he had done it, he had accomplished it. And he had the secret that he couldn't share because he was so ashamed. And when he shared that with us, and it was still okay, everything changed for him. And he realized that he was in an environment where he could be who he was, irrespective of his accomplishments, his failures, everything was accepted. And you have that kind of love, blue, and, and life changes. And, you know, and, and then you know, he's lost weight, he's gotten in shape, he smiles now when you see him. And, and this is just, this individual has been transformed. And that is what I'm about. That is what why I'm doing this because there is so much opportunity here to live the life that we want and to have have it all is my argument. It's not easy. And it's something that I work with work at every day and some days I fail. But I recover more quickly and get back out there and do it. And that is the difference. What before is sitting around feeling sorry for myself, being overweight, out of shape, just a pity party. So the brotherhood is a big part of you being able to maintain your mental health and wellness and, and move life forward. So huge. after that, what would be another thing that you could throw out there? Is it the personal training or? Okay, so, so the acronym again is SHIFT. So SHIFT itself is, is the S in the acronym, right? So self, focusing on yourself, taking care of yourself. Um, how do you present yourself? The, the, the second is uh, health. You mentioned it. So it's, it's, it's your physical fitness and also the, f- the food you're con- consuming. I like to call it fuel. I hate the word diet, but you know, getting your body in shape. And I've had men come to me and say, well, gee, I'm, I'm in my late forties or I'm over 50 now. I, I'm just, I'm slowing down. Well, bullshit. 
You don't have to slow down. I see men every day at the gym who are in their 60s and 70s with, with more energy than a lot of 30-year-olds because they work at it. 100%. I'm 47. And as you know, I took up skateboarding two years ago. So yeah, like it's all in the head. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a head game. There's no reason to, be, to lose it. Look at the, uh, if you watch, I always joke about this, but like John Wick, that movie, you know, with Keanu Reeves. I mean, the guy's 56 now. I mean, he's like an action hero, whatever, off TV. But Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, he's like, what, nearly 60 now? I mean, it's just, it's in the mind completely. So, so I'll be 52 this summer and I'm at my high school weight. I'm at my high school. You're looking weight. good, by and, the way. Uh, looking good. Just recent, I got ten uh, percent body fat, and I'm not. I mean, this is this is something I've worked at, but now it's become so ingrained in my routine that it's just that. It's such a process, and now I'm I'm really more focused on other things. But but this is this took me two three years to get under control, but it has changed my life because of it. If you're healthy. If you take care of yourself physically, you can show up for your kids. You, as I you know, mentioned earlier, you can show up for your kids. You can work all day, come home, jump on the trampoline with your kids and then make love to your wife. And that's a big thing, actually. I think it's a good point just to keep up with your kids. hundred percent. Although on the trampoline, Absolutely. I can't, my kid who's eight is already back flipping and I, I can't, he's, he's already overtook me there, but in every other area. Yeah. I can be out there playing with him like fully. And I've got another one coming in May. So like my mission is to, yeah, avoid injury, I think is important. That's a big one for me. Um, Absolutely. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be dramatic. Totally. What is your sort of week to week to week or day to day sort of how, like, do you go running every morning? Do you have a morning routine you stick to? What's your tricks around that? Yes. So very much a morning routine. I, I'm someone who hates routine, by the way. So for those of you, for those men out there, that are saying, oh, I hate the routine. Stop talking. Okay. Look. My routine, it's so simple, yet it works. I'm up every day at five. I'm out of bed by 5.15, take the dog out. I do something called oil pulling, which is a, an ancient tradition. It pulls all the bacteria out of your mouth. Um, it's great if you have a cold or you think you're coming down with a cold. It's great if you have bad breath. If anyone has bad breath out there, it's your cure. Um, so I do the oil, oil pulling. I'll do some stretching. And then I meditate for 10 minutes. And now a lot of people say, oh, yeah, meditation. I've heard that, right? Well, what's different is I use a, I use an Oculus, which is a Facebook owned company at virtual reality. And I'll put this on and there's a great app called trip T R I P P. And it really just literally transports you, tra transports you into this other realm. And it, it's so powerful. And so I'll do that. And I, it's powerful to the extent that I can see my heart rate drop to about 47, 48 beats per minute. I mean, I'm completely relaxed and this is 10 or 15 minutes. Then I get up and I Sorry, drive what's, to the gym. And what's that called again? It's called, the app is, is TRIP, T-R-I-P-P. -P. It's, it's, it's for anyone who's struggled with meditation and I get it. You can't, you know, lie down on the couch and stop thinking about stuff. I mean, come on. We all think about our to-do list, right? So, so instead, this, this forces you to be in another place, if you will. So after the meditation, then I'll head to the gym. And this is, this started out three days a week. It's now, uh, it's now five, six days a week. And uh, if you're someone who, who doesn't go to the gym, I get it. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've been there with little kids saying, are you kidding me? I don't have that time, right? But you make time. And here's how you make time. I get up early, but I also go to bed early. I don't go to bed at 1130 at night. You can't go to bed at 1130 at night and then wake up at 5 a.m. You can't. And if you do, you're just shortchanging yourself. So 
if you listen to someone like uh, Mark, Dr. Mark Hyman or D Dr. David Sinclair out of Harvard, he'll talk about the importance of sleep for longevity and for health. So I'm not suggesting that any, for anyone, you give up sleep. I'm saying you cut that hour short. Usually my wife and I are in bed by 10. We're asleep by 10.30. I'm up a little bit after five. Um, get out of the house, get to the gym. The gym when I was in, in, my, in my 20s and when I was younger was all about weights, right? Because weights make you feel good. They make you look good. And, and for a lot of men, gym is synonymous with weights. Well, now it's so much more. In our 40s, in our, even in our 30s, in our 40s and 50s, we need to, to mix it up a bit. So there's, a, there's basically four aspects for the workout. And it's, it's weights, it's, um, it's core, it's yoga, and, uh, and what's the last one? It's, uh, it's, it's escaped me. But um, it, it's so important. Oh, and, and, uh, and cardio, of course, cardio. Yes, of course, cardio. So usually it's three days a week. I'm, I'm biking. I bike about 50 miles a week. Um, uh, I'm lifting or doing high intensity interval training a couple days a week. I'm doing core a couple days a week. And then Saturday afternoons, it's yoga with my wife uh, uh, on the lawn at the gym. So it's mixing it up. It's getting there. And, and there's a wonderful energy about people who go to the gym in the morning. If you're not surrounded by people who are physically um, aware or, or uh, taking care of their bodies, I strongly suggest you get some new friends. Add a couple friends into your group who really take care of their health and let them work with you on that because that is so important, not only for longevity, but quality of life. Yeah, I just, I think what resonates with me, for me, with what you're saying is the importance of a routine, um, but also how important it is the people that you surround yourself with. I think that's really important in terms of, you know, moving your life forward in a positive direction. I think if you come sometimes surround yourself with other people that may be in a rut, potentially, or aren't looking after their health and wellness and aren't taking care, you know, getting out there and, you know, in the best way that they can, that sometimes can be, can hold you back. So I think the people you surround yourself with, whoever they are, it's really important to, to be conscious of that. I certainly am. I, I think more than even conscious, I think we need to be proactive about it. And I think we need, uh, for me, it's, it's people in my life that fill uh, different buckets. I mean, they don't all have to be great at everything. But for example, one of the one of the men in our group is a former Navy SEAL. Um, uh, you know, a couple are are really successful entrepreneurs. Um, others are. I look at it and I say, that's that's a model dad. I want to be more like that. Who are people who we can learn more from to create a better person and also add value to their lives, rich of their lives? That's also a huge part of a part of this. Uh, it's not just about us, but. Uh, but, but absolutely, it's so important to surround yourself with people. Surround yourself with people who push you, who, who encourage you and support you, well, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, it, it's so important, but also people who can give you that reality check. That's true. I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you're right. I think being an intentional about, yeah, not necessarily dropping friendships, but really putting the energy into those friendships wow. that... The, yeah, the people that do inspire you. I think that's, yeah, it's a good point. I, I remember my, my wife and I were at a, a New Year's Eve party uh, pre-COVID. And one of the things that really struck me was that everyone at this party, husbands and wives were dancing. And they were dancing for a couple hours. And I thought, how many parties have you been to where everyone in the room had so much energy? 
I looked around the room and all these people were people that we knew from our club in the gym. <laughs> and, and, and these are people in their, you know, forties and fifties who were, you know, husbands and wives and they were, they were out there. They're, they're killing it. They had a lot of they had enough energy to show up. Yeah. And it was great. It was a blast. Yeah. And I, I, one thing that I don't know about the area you're in, I mean, I feel really fortunate and it was a choice. I chose to be where I am in the world because the mountain culture and the vibrancy of the people here, you know, you, the people that are skiing at the hill on a, on a almost day-to-day basis, many of the locals, they're in their 60s, they're in their 70s, um, and super healthy and driven, um, you know, to keep getting out there and being active. And for me, nature and the mountains is a big part of my sort of health and wellness is getting out there and, you know, as much as I can. So true. So true. When we you know, I, I talk about this, this dire, dark scenario in 2015, where we were. So uh, we were, we lived in a different town. Um, we didn't have those friends. We didn't have those relationships in that town. And, um, and my wife and I realized that as part of us to evolve was to leave and to move on and start fresh. And that was huge for us in, in moving to San Diego and moving to a town that embraces that culture as well, where so many people here every day are outdoors. And it, it's almost, it's crazy because we talk to so many people who, you know, so I, I've heard so many stories. Most people move to a town or a city because they need to be there for a job. We decided we wanted to be here and then we figured the rest out. And, and so many people here in town have that same story. They decided where they wanted to be. So I encourage anyone listening to this, that if you are not in the right place for you, if you look around and say, this is not the right environment for myself, my wife, my family, you can change all that. All that is, is it, it, it's, it's, and, and life can be transformative because of it. It's like a rebirth, if you will. Yeah, hundred percent. I really relate to that. And it's, a, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's exactly the same as the area. Well, this region is known as the Kootenays which is interior BC. And it's the same thing. Okay. It's, you know, I've heard a joke, a joke before that, that it's the most, you'll never find as many PhDs serving you coffee as you will here in the Kootenays, whether that's actually true or not, I don't know, but people do make that career sacrifice for that quality of life. But yeah, there is, it is definitely a sacrifice and not for everybody. You know, some people are fix fixated on their career and they have a path and direction um, and that, you know, I'm not, not for me to say that's a bad thing. There are some specific things that you can start doing and it boils down to your, your morning routine. One is huge. Figure out how you can have time for yourself apart. You know, the worst thing you can do is get up in the morning and pick up your phone and start going through emails, right? You need time for yourself. So my morning routine, it's, it's much about the process of things that I'm doing as it is having time for myself. You need that. Men need that. Okay. Before you get into the weeds with your wife and your kids and work. All right. So start there with your routine. Second, if you are not where you want to be physically, make some friends who are and learn from them and, and just start getting out of the house and, and, and that routine of working the gym in and the way you do that again, for people short on time, we all are do it in the morning. And, or, or, you know, if that doesn't work for you, maybe it's late afternoon on the way home, but figure out a way to squeeze 45 minutes in, uh, in, into your, your routine. Okay. So we've got the morning routine, we've got the gym, your diet, your food, you're consuming is so important. I've been listening a lot to, um, uh, as I said, Dr. David Sinclair and, uh, and Dr. Mark Hyman, 
both have great podcasts about this and about the food that we're eating is, is killing us. All the, all the, uh, all the processed food. And, and, and once you start having these conversations with your wife and looking around at, at the food you're consuming and the labels, it becomes so readily apparent. And it's as simple as eating whole foods. It's consuming foods that haven't been processed. It's fruits. It's the, you know, the morning smoothie. I give the recipe for it in the, uh, in, in the book, not one you buy in the store full of uh, God knows what, but what you make at home and, and, you know, working. And that's a process, but, but so important that we're consuming those foods. I would argue that it's 70, 80% food, your health and 20, 30% at the gym. It's really not as much about the gym. It's so much about your, your, your diet. And, and, I, and just one other thing, Blue, for those men who are struggling right now, who you're in a dark place, think of life in terms of, of a movie. This might be a, a bad scene, but it's only that. It's only a scene. And there are so many options beyond this. Again, refer back to where I was seven years ago. It was dark. It was ugly. We were done. We were headed for divorce. The, the relationship, the, the kids, I wasn't there for them. And, and so much of that has been turned around. It's not perfect, but we've turned it around, figured it out and are proceeding in a way. And the book gives you very specific things you can do to turn that around. It's a process. And I've laid it out in such a way where you can take actionable steps after every chapter to, to implement. And it, it takes time, but it's, it's going to give you some direction. You know, I had no direction as to where I was going to go. And so I ended up writing a manual after I figured it out, but it took me years to figure that out. So my message to you is you can turn this around and I can save you time. That's awesome. That's some great, really great tips there. And I got to say, I've got some great takeaways from chatting to you today. Um, in particular, I'll be honest, it's the friendship piece and putting energy into getting some, some other dads together. I mean, I hear, I've, it's not the first time I've heard it, but I, I like your energy behind it and how important that brotherhood is for you, which is, um, yeah, it's a really good, good reminder. Thanks, Blue, for what you're doing. This is a great podcast and really enjoying the, the content and the people you're bringing on and, and for all that you're doing to help fathers who are, are challenged. As Absolutely. We all are. Yeah. And what a great resource, which will be in the show notes. So I'll make sure that the, yeah, any of your relevant links, social media links and things like that go into the show notes and people can follow up and reach out. But yeah, thanks for bringing your energy into the show and yeah, putting it out there. Likewise. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders. And a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.